Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Hey, Josh. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about Hawthorne Heights 2004 album. <laughs> Great job. Thank uh, you. So, yes. Uh, so we're talking about Hawthorne Heights' debut album, Silence in Black and White, that was released in 2004. Um, so that was released on Victory Records. Victory! Uh, yeah, Victory <laughs> Records. Old Old, old, victory. old victory records <laughs> so uh, like we always do on these uh -oh. um when was the first time you ever listened to hawthorne heights i assume it was on this record uh it was probably before this record was out hmm. honestly if i'm really thinking about it because if this record was out in 2004 i moved away in 2004 and I remember seeing Hawthorne Heights at Avondale. Okay. And yeah. so that was possibly in 2004, mm -hmm. but also possibly in 2003. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to say, but it's probably around the time. Either, you know, this album was probably already recorded. Yeah. Well, um, I guess a little bit of back history. Um, so before they were called Hawthorne Heights, they were called A Day in the Life. And they put an album out under that name. I think it's been kind of like reissued um, and whatnot. So I feel like uh, they probably had like, well, not with the, with the whole like a day in the life thing, notwithstanding, I guess is the phrase people say. <laughs> um, they had a quick ascension once they became Hawthorne Heights. So I think it was like they recorded were they, it. Were they like a pretty popular band as A Day in the Life? I really don't know. It's almost and like a lot of that info has been kind of like scrubbed. Why did but... they change their name? Uh, I think it was, well, A Day in the Life is a Beatles song. So I don't know if, oh, that you know, I don't know if it was enough. like, I mean, it was the same lineup as this lineup on this album josh um, i need answers i don't know i mean we're talking about hawthorne heights not what they used to be called i assume it probably wasn't that much different it's one of those things where i guess like if you get a platform like victory records like if you want to change your band name that's probably a time to do it before you really put a debut out i mean i resonate with that i almost changed the name of my band right before <laughs> we put out a record so yeah that tracks yeah i think if you get a big platform like that that you haven't have um you know and they have been a band for like three years so yeah time to do it um i guess your question then is like is one name better than the other you know like do you no, like i was name? just like curious like yeah. was there another band with that name that you know gave them the old cease and desist mm. or were they just like eh, we don't really want to be like beatles adjacent yeah or like you know i'm just i'm just curious josh i just want to know yeah. inquiring minds i think all. it's kind of like i mean it's like just classic kind of rebranding thing like if they you know i i didn't listen to a day in the life but i would assume based on the way this record sounds like there was more kind of like breakdowns and screamy parts i'm just assuming so you um, think that they probably sounded the same? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I really don't know. But uh, Well, it sounds like somebody didn't do their homework. <laughs> well, I didn't do my homework with A Day in the Life. <laughs> I did my homework with Hawthorne Heights. 
Um, so I, I, what I remember about this, I guess like we were kind of in the same place for the most part with discovering this record. Were like, we? Yeah. Um, we did listen to it a lot is what I remember. Um, I mean, we weren't in the same place with discovering this record because yeah. I didn't know you Yeah. then. Um, but I mean, yeah, sure. Of course we listened to it a lot. It's a good record. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to like think about i remember liking it a lot i feel like you were like oh, this is like the one thing sarah wants to listen to that i can tolerate yeah it really was <laughs> like it's and i think i'm not sure if there were that many other bands like that but i guess we had like a few like you know taking back sunday was probably one that i was like oh i could deal with because i was like <laughs> metalcore kid like any kind of like screamy band that had like singing parts i feel like we could we could both get something from it. Um, yeah, like, you know, Beloved was, like, a big thing, but I think they're, like, still, like, hold up for, you know, there are a lot of stuff like this, like, Thrice. And... I think that the the answer to this riddle that you're putting out right now is that there are a lot of things that you liked that I also liked, but not a lot of things that I liked that you also liked, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, there was probably things that I just, like, I mean, I would say it's a two-way street. You know, there. there I would was... say it's a one-way street. Gosh, <laughs> it was definitely probably more one-way street at that time. <laughs> um, but I guess with like kind of going back, how did it like hold up for you, or am I jumping ahead too much? I mean, you're probably jumping ahead. But okay, let's well, let's okay. go back to okay. It All right. Okay, so when? Hey, it Josh, came... when when is the first time you remember hearing this record? Mm, good question. Um. I feel like there were a lot of samplers that you could get mm. for free at like and I mean Victory had a lot of samplers. So it was like I'm trying to think what else was on Victory at the time. It felt like almost everybody was on Victory at, at the Yeah, time. Victory was like the label in two thousand four. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I remember liking I probably had Ohio's for Lovers. Of course. On that. Classic. And then there were also like it was like a sampler but you could watch music videos with it. Oh, yeah, when you put it in your too. computer. Yeah, your computer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which I'm like, how did the I early watch aughts. that? I mean, I guess you had a laptop, so. You had a computer. You had to have had a computer. I always kind of, like, you would borrow somebody's computer or I had something that kind of... Com- in 2004, I did not have a computer. Wow. Yeah, um, I feel like we just watched it on yours, and then there was also like the moshing Santa thing, like the, and then Barrier Dead videos were on that in two thousand four. Yeah, oh, we were listening to Barrier Dead in two thousand four. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I think like things like the sleeping were a little later. No, that was two thousand four. You think so? Yeah, because I remember this really weird time one time that i borrowed your car because i didn't have a car at that point in time um while i was at school and i drove it to my dorm to go get something and i like turned off the car and took the keys out of the ignition and it like kept playing the sleeping and it was like one of the like really like i mean they're not like creepy songs but it was like yeah. Something about the devil. I can't it's remember. Like the, I, if I, your I, heart was broken, you'd be dead. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it just kept playing, and I was like trying to get it to stop, and like, I don't know, janky yeah. ass cars. Yeah, I think like, I guess. Well, I I wanna I wanna not go into like what I thought about it yet. I'm trying to think like the mindset I was in 
when I listen to it. I mean, I just remember liking it. Like, I want to say more than that. And I want to, like... There definitely was, like, this thing. This is probably more in my head at the time. Where it was kind of, like... There were certain bands. It was, like... Oh, this is, like, the band you listen to with your girlfriend. Was wow. Was the, the appeal? Do you remember that kind of feel with things? Or? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. At that point in time, I did not have a girlfriend. So, <laughs> I was not familiar. Uh, um... But, I mean, I legit... I, I've never seen this band live. Um, You've never seen them live? How is that possible? No, I mean, I don't remember them coming through Wilmington where we were living at the time. You say this like this was like this joint experience, but, like, I saw them in Charlotte, like, multiple times, I'm pretty sure. I think you're making this up. I mean, I'm not making it up. So you know you've seen Hawthorne Heights. I am 100% certain that I saw Hawthorne Heights mm. at Avondale. It was with probably Seneca and the residents, mm. and I think they had like a green shirt. And I was like, "What kind of stupid ass band has a green shirt? Don't you know we only wear black shirts?" But <laughs> um, this might not be true, and I may have just like made that up in my head. But that felt like it was a real thing. But yeah, I remember that because Kristen, like me and Kristen, used to listen to this band all the time. This was high school, Josh. I didn't know you. I just didn't know you. Huh. I'm sorry. But I, but I, it's like I remember, like, I mean, we did meet in 2004. Yeah. And some one of us had this record, and we it was listened me. to it a lot. It was me. It was definitely me. So I guess me. I mean you're you're saying you discovered it earlier, and then you kind of introduced. You don't have it to be the to first me. to know about everything. No, I mean I probably am not. It, yeah. Um, but I do remember liking this record. Well, I'm thrilled to know that now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so, okay. So a little bit more kind of history behind it. Um, so this was certified gold, Ooh. uh, pretty quickly. I believe like Go around the time, Heights. like uh, this was 2004. So I think around the time the second record came out, this album was certified gold. So that means over 500,000 copies sold. And around this point, um, and probably more than this than it showed, over 800,000 copies have been sold. So it's probably So if close. you sell 100,000 copies, does that mean you're platinum? Uh, a million copies, Ugh. yeah. Um, so yeah, 500,000 is gold. Oh, and wait, then, that's what I meant. Yeah, and yeah. then so Sorry, double numbers. that would be yeah. platinum. Ooh, let's yeah. get them to platinum. <laughs> yeah. um, so and what would you say are the like best tracks? I, I feel like it's definitely like Nikki FM, Silver Bullet, and Ohio is for lovers. Like, I mean, I don't know what song is which because <laughs> i listened to these in a disc man connected to a cassette player in my car so i never saw the titles um but i feel like you know when i put it in obviously like the first few songs i was like oh my god i remember all of these like mm -hmm. i know all the words i remember everything so like i feel like life on standby was still a big one um silver bullet makes me just like want to like gallop on a horse i don't know yeah. why that is but i'm just like da -da 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 -da. i don't yeah. know it's just it's there it's there for me nikki fm is obviously a classic ohio is for lovers is clearly the banger yeah um but yeah i mean i think nikki fm and ohio is for lovers are like the the quote-unquote hits yeah i think i guess like this would be 
All right, so a little bit more history. Um, so this was Victory's highest-selling album at the time. Not um, enough to save them. Yeah. And um, so right when this record came out, uh, probably by the summer, they were headlining Take Action Tour. Oh, yeah, and, I had all of those comps. Yeah, and they also played uh, Hellfest. Hellfest is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. There's like so much like so i i don't want to like jump ahead too much with like you know the whole like history of victory records i think is like it could be like that's an episode to itself uh that sounds daunting honestly (laughs) Um, that sounds like a lot of work and i don't want to do it so i guess what i'm also i think one of the things that hit me when i was listening to this so i'm shifting into like how i felt kind of rediscovering this um when those like unclean vocals like hit i felt like i forgot that they were that way how could you forget (laughs) how could you forget like how long do you think it's been since you sat down and re-listened to this record i mean probably 15 years so what year is it yeah probably like 15 years so you i don't know probably between 10 and 15 years well did you did you check out their second record, the one after this? Yeah. Um, and do you feel like, I guess at that point, did you kind of fall off with them after that point? I think that, honestly, I was going through like a very transitional music experiencing phase. So, you know... Obviously, like, this is, like, a lot of stuff that I listened to in high school. Um, You know, Kristen and I were, like, all about this, like, style of music. And, like, anytime any bands like this came through, we were there. And, like, that was, like, the bread and butter, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, But towards, like, my senior year, really, I started, like, meeting other people that weren't, like, in my immediate sphere that, like, also like music. So, like, Justin introduced me to, like, a lot of, like, hardcore and, you know, a little bit of metal at that point and then of course when I started talking to you I really wanted you to like me so mm-hmm. any band that you mentioned I would simply download their yeah. entire discography and so I feel like I just really started you know leaning a little heavier into that and so I don't know it kind of diverged so I was like listening to like metal or I was listening to like very like twee like artsy stuff mm-hmm. And that, like, middle ground got lost. And then when it kind of came back together, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, with our kind of friend group, at around 2006, a lot of people we knew that we would have been into this with, like, definitely stopped listening to things like this. Yeah. Like, I bet Kristen still listens to Hawthorne Heights. Oh, probably. Because she, like, she still... She, like, kind of kept true to that path, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, stayed with a lot of those bands. And, like, even some bands, she's, like, you know, she'll, when we'd hang out and she would, like, play them. And I'd be, like, oh, who's this? And it's, like, a band that we used to listen to. Yeah. Like, forever ago. And I just, like, stopped. And I'm, like, oh, this is, like, I still like this. And I don't know why that's surprising. But Mm -hmm. it is every time for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I thought... When when we kind of fell out on the scene, uh, I almost thought, like, this stuff was done. Were and you I ever even really a part of this scene? Did this scene even actually exist in Wilmington? Uh, I mean, a lot of people did listen to stuff like Hawthorne Heights. Oh, like, I forget. The Hotness. 
Yeah. They're... And he is legend and that whole crew. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of these type of bands would come through, but they, they were probably more in line with like whatever towns uh, the hotness or he is legend. Like, uh, if you're not from North Carolina, the hotness might not really ring a bell, but they did kind of like have a moment. They were. I love that you like you drop bands that are like pretty nationally known and still feel the need to explain it. And I drop bands that are just like severely local and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I feel like, I don't know if he is legend really needs like an explanation as much. Um, but also I feel like there's also parts where you're saying names like Kristen and Justin and no one listening to this podcast knows who these people are, but I guess they can assume they're just friends of ours. Yeah, I mean, truly in context, it's arbitrary <laughs> who they are, other than the fact that they're like my best fucking friends. But I mean, they, you know, for the story, it's a name, it's a person. Yeah. But also, I think when you talk about like a local band, like when I'm talking about like Seneca or the residents, like, yeah, you can, you can assume that it's a, lo- a local little baby. And I would say you can probably look them up on your own, but you probably can't. Yeah, I don't know how hard, how easy it would be to look up a band like Seneca, one given like their name, or like maybe a Closing Skyline might be a little easier. I don't, I don't know, but that's another local band. Yeah, that... who did a little bit more touring, but... Yeah. I don't know, and... I think Seneca did some touring. Yeah, I mean, a Closing Skyline would probably be at least slightly closer to Hawthorne Heights, but not really. Um, in that they had some singy parts. Somebody doesn't know what Seneca sounds like. Well, Seneca was like straight up metalcore. They had singing parts. Not really. Yeah. They're pretty heavy. Whatever. Um, I mean, the residents also. The residents that became the hotness. Uh, they were definitely oh, yeah, like right. in that wheelhouse. There, yeah. This was like a thing. Yeah. They were like every town had this type of band. And what's... Hawthorne Heights are a good example of it. But it's like they... In some parallel universe hawthorne heights could have just been this band for ohio like you know it's but but they are better than some of these other ones what what actually that that little research i did (laughs) is um so punk news at the time and uh they gave this album a half a star oh my god and they called it a second rate uh (laughs) spittlefield how do you pronounce that band name spittlefield uh, I don't feel like I, I ever heard anyone. I think anyone... it's Spitafield. I feel like I've never heard anyone say that. Is there an L in loud. there? Yeah, there's Spitalfield, <laughs> Spitalfield. Spittle. I, probably... I I thought I didn't think there was an L. I thought it was Spitafield. Yeah, but uh, so that was reviewed by Brian Schultz. If you need to send, if you your need hate to kick mail. someone's ass. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if anyone in Hawthorne Heights is listening to this, then that's who you need to direct your hate to. Um, I thought obviously there was something about just around this time frame where reviews were just so harsh. Like it I was feel like, like that's like a general like cultural shift though, because everything used to be way harsh. Like yeah. people used to be so mean, like everyone was like such a fucking bully. And now it's like, oh like be nice. Like everyone's more about like being nice and like kind of like not destroying each other, which is like, you know, kind of good considering the world that we currently live in i think that's probably important but also like the world was shit then too so or yeah or well i guess that's a good note to say because i was like what's the was everyone meaner but the world was better but i don't think the world was the world was like slightly better (laughs) but now everyone's 
sort of nicer, but the world is shittier. Yeah. Huh. What are you going to do? Be nice, um, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, so, it, and with like it being the, the highest selling Victory Records album, I it's like they probably didn't get paid anything for it. Um, which leads me into the next thing that I, I remember, but also it kind of this reminded me. So they sued Victory in 2006. And keep in mind, they put out like a second record with them in 2006. And so that they sued them over royalty payment dispute. And this was kind of like so many Victory Records bands. Like Streetlight Manifesto, I think, had been suing them for like 10 years. Um, Modern day tiny engines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they ended up like kind of essentially losing the case and then they were like you have to you have to give another record to victory so their third record but they also said that you can put out records on another label you just have to give them the album that you're contractually obligated to so their third record came out on victory even though they were very much not on good terms with victory in like 2010 i feel like if i was in that position I would just write such a shit record. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what their third record sounds like. Maybe it is, but but I think that's also hard. It's a, you want to do that, and I would I would love to do that, but you also feel like in the end that might just look bad on you because if your fans don't, other people don't know. Yeah, I know. I just prefer to live a life of like spite and like you know dying on my stupid ass principles yeah well <laughs> what can you do um so and kind of around the time that the second record came out also the screamer that i was talking about uh he passed away and then they never oh my God. yeah so that's like really bummer he passed away like just like an accidental drug overdose i believe yeah so really i mean nothing like big to report there i think it was just like a freak thing and then uh one of the guitar players that came in afterwards uh, just kind of covered those parts. But uh, what I mean, so what do you, how do you feel about the album now, 15 or so oh, years Oh, it's later? dated as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's super dated. But, like, I mean, you were in the car with me the other day when we yeah. were listening to this. And, like, I still, like, sing along to it. It's just, like, I can't remember, like, fucking anything, but... I know all the words of these songs. I feel like I sound like a broken record. I say that like on every episode, but it's like, why is that? It's like so deeply ingrained in like my core. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of felt, I felt like when that first kind of scream happened and then every scream was like really like guttural in a way that's like, it's like kind of thing. (laughs) But like eventually it was like the second lesson in or even probably like halfway through the first lesson i was just like tapping my foot and singing along yeah so it's like you can't help it i wanted to honestly go in like i've done with so many of these type of records and just hate it and just trash it i feel and like i can't i feel like this is like uh like, I know you hate that vocal styling, yeah, if you will. Yeah, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Um, but I feel like this is true for, like, every band that has two vocalists mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Well, a two vocalists of this type. Sure, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really detest 
that vocal style, the yeah, the singy, uh, screamy thing. But there was a time frame that was like that was it most of what I was yeah, listening. Yeah, that to. was the like, move. And if it wasn't completely that, it was like metalcore bands, and then they would have a few clean singy parts. So it wasn't as you know, but like it's like I love Beloved, and that is what it is. Yeah. Like, and I still love that band, and I think like. Like thrice, I still like that first thrice record, and like Hostfall is like record. a good representation of Love this it. stuff. Like yeah. early Hostfall is some of my favorite. Cave In too, like early Cave In. So, it's tough for me. I. It's really I'd be lying to say if I don't like a lot of the stuff, but I feel like I probably like the less of the Victory Records type thing. But that's to no discredit. I think I'm just like I guess I'm a fan of this album. Like, I don't want to say that, but (laughs) but it's like yeah, I feel like it's dated, but it's like, but almost like what isn't? But this time frame especially, there were certain like production things that kind of happened around this time that were like, like everything felt like it sounded like it was clicking. You know, like every drum is like clicking. Guitars sound like they're clicking. Yeah, the production style is definitely. It's everything about this album is just so, like, a little time capsule. Yeah. Which is probably why it was so successful at the time. Yeah. And kind of thinking about that, I'm surprised that it holds up as well as it does. Maybe that's just like nostalgia factor for me. But I really do think that, like, if I heard this today, I wouldn't be like, absolute trash, turn it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be something that I'm like, there's like, there's catchy hooks in there. Like, mm-hmm. there's some riffs. There's some, like, some bops. Yeah, I, and I was even checking out a little bit of, like, the newest Hawthorne Heights record. So, they're, the, the past couple rec- or past couple albums, they've been on Pure Noise. And so, they have a new album that's coming out uh it's called the rain just follows me um and it sounds a lot like and it's not like crazy far off from this album um but it's still so catchy like i didn't know the songs obviously because they're new songs but they can write hooks i mean sometimes when you've got it you've got it (laughs) and it like like when someone has just like really got that like magic or whatever to write a good song it kind of doesn't matter what you're writing like, it's going to come out with that magic. Yeah. I mean, we didn't go through, like, any of the tracks, really, on here. But like you said, it's kind of hard for me. Because of the way we listened to this album when we did, I feel like it's hard for me to, like, say what song is I feel with. bad every time we, like, talk about any band from this era. And I'm like, I don't know what the tracks were because I downloaded it. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I'm an asshole. Well, that's what? what's funny, too. I know it's easier now, but people talk about, like, oh, I don't, you know, like, oh, no one's buying music. And it's like, I wasn't buying music then. Yeah. I was, but that's not. That's not true. Yeah, we know. were actually buying a lot you of music. You had to if you wanted to own something. Like, yeah, but you if you know. wanted to check something out, you downloaded it. Yeah, or it was just a thing, like, it was like, if we bought an album, then basically all of our friends probably got that album you know it's sure, like, yeah and that's probably why we had certain yeah i mean this burnt. was even like pre-ipod so it's not like it was still worth it to buy albums i mean i guess you could burn cds yeah but that kind of becomes like a very cluster situation where you're like i don't know what any of these cds are they're all just like blank burn cds yeah 
But I mean, still, like in that regard, someone in your friend group had to buy the album. So it, more records. It was usually be... me. I think I was usually the one. Yeah, because like. Or unfortunately, I stole it from Walmart. <laughs> well, I I that's so weird. Like I was so poor, yet I still like felt like every week I would try and like buy a CD. Yeah. And and you know I burned a bunch that I didn't buy but it was like I remember going to Best Buy like on release day and like buying like whatever you know yep yeah but now I just stream (laughs) (laughs) oops oops um do you have anything else to say about this record yeah what did this album get on Pitchfork uh so like we've said in previous Patreon episodes um this did not get reviewed by Pitchfork. Um, I would assume the review wouldn't have been that different than that Punk News review. It just would have been slightly better written. You know? Like, they would have trashed it. Oh, yeah. They would have hated it. Yeah. Those Pitchfork snobs. Do you think Hawthorne Heights is on TikTok? I bet uh, they are. I mean, I don't know. We should find out. I'm going to look it. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, like, well, okay. So, as you're looking that up... So normally, if so, if you've listened this far, normally these episodes with uh, Sarah and I are we put them up on Patreon. So if you're listening, this is a special thing. So you're getting this for free to entice you. It's kind of like you're downloading it on Kazaa. Yeah, normally you would have to pay for this, uh, but okay. So if you like these conversations then go to patreon.com slash spinning out pod. Oh my God, they have a new album coming out September 10th. Oh, that's the date. Are they on TikTok? They are on TikTok. (laughs) I found them. Are you going to follow them on TikTok? I don't follow people on TikTok. Oh, damn. You can't even commit. Did it. I followed them. You see that? I see it. That's commitment, Josh. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else to add about this record? Follow Hawthorne Heights on TikTok, I guess. (laughs) They don't have a lot of videos, so they better start making some more. That's Um, all I have to say about it. So JT, um, that we didn't mention anybody in this band. I don't know anyone in this band. So JT, the singer, um, he needs to start doing dances to... Oh, TikTok dances. Yeah, Yeah. that's how you get the kids, apparently. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) Um, oh, I do actually have something else to say about this album. So there is um, a, I assume, female vocalist mm-hmm. um, on a lot of these songs. And it's kind of interesting. I never really noticed that before. Yeah. I don't think I, like, it never, like, really tracked with me. And that's, like, kind of strange. So on there's a From Autumn to Ashes song that has, like, a section where um, they have a female vocalist singing it, and it's, like, so beautiful, and I love it. And at that time, there was, like, not a lot of, like, female vocalists in heavier music that I was aware of. Yeah. And so, at that time, this is, like, 2004, I, like, tracked down this, the girl that sang on the Autumn to Ashes song, and I found her name, and I found the name of her band, but I couldn't find anything from her band at that time, mm-hmm. which I have since then found her band on Spotify and listened to it. Um, but 
I can't believe that I didn't like latch on to that in this too. So if anyone knows who it was and what band she's in, I would love to listen to her own music. Well, I don't know what band she was in, but I do know her name. Uh, her name is Grace Carly. What? And she uh, does backing vocals on like three tracks on this record. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's really great. And uh, yeah, echoing what you said, I don't feel like I picked up on it when I listened to it back in the day. Um, so Grace Carly, so I would assume that Grace is the sibling or some, <laughs> I guess we'll say sibling of Micah, who plays lead guitar in the band Micah Carly. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I picked up on it more this time. So yeah, so the band at this time was J.T. Woodruff, Micah Carley, Casey Calvert, uh, Matt Renauer, and Aaron Bucciarelli. Uh, Matt Renauer is still the bassist in the band, but I think uh, for the most part, everyone else is like someone else in the band. So it's J.T. and Matt to this day. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any more information on Grace Carly, this is our own Unsolved Mysteries. Um, <laughs> we want to know, was Grace Carly ever in a different band? And, uh, yeah, Grace Carly is a good vocalist. Yeah. yeah. So. Give me the deets. So I think that's it. That's it. That's all we have to say. Well, if you, once again, if you like what you hear here then uh go to our patreon that's patreon.com slash spinning out pod please find us on twitter and instagram that's at spinning out pod and thank you we'll see you next time bye bye